Welcome everybody to Hot Takes. It is I, Young Shiro, and say hello to everybody, Skelly. Hello. Hi, guys. Skeleton Lipstick and I have created a independent electronic music-based vaporwave talk show where we get to hang out with you and each other and a special guest every couple weeks, and we're so glad you guys are here. All of our regulars, welcome back, and all of our new first-time chatters, thanks for being here tonight. We are very excited about our guest tonight because he's been a long-term supporter of the show and a good friend to both of us. And the guy's got a lot of great taste in art and music, makes fantastic music himself, and has been involved in the music industry. So he's got a lot of expertise and a lot of experience. Um, So we're particularly excited about bringing on our boy Luxury Noise tonight. But before the show starts and we get into our recs and takes... Uh, we want to just go ahead and remind everybody, um, any emotes you drop show up on screen. Any questions you have, drop them in the chat. We are actually going to try a new format tonight. Every question that is asked is going to be held and asked in the second hour of the show. That way we get to get some biographical talk and chat out of the way without interruption. And the second half of the show, we can go into user-submitted questions. Just something we're trying out that we hope everybody likes. Um, excuse me, I'm so sorry. We appreciate y'all's patience and grace with us as we try out this new format. And then just a reminder of the commands. We have the exclamation point follow command where you can follow our socials as a show. Exclamation point Skelly allows you to follow Skelly's show socials. Exclamation point Shiro allows you to follow mine. Exclamation point Discord allows you to follow, not follow, but jump into our, our public community Discord server where we geek out about art and music and argue about silly things like fast food restaurants definitely recommend you jump in uh especially exciting tonight is the um exclamation point spotify we got a new uh playlist courtesy of a previous guest sony vision deluxe music that you've heard but never listened to some great tracks on the playlist go check it out along with uh playlists by bfant frank javsi and um Another person who's who's escaping me at the moment. I'm sorry to, you, to that person if you're listening. Um, last but not least, uh, exclamation point donate. All donations did are. Did he do a uh, did he do a uh, playlist? Sonavision Deluxe did one. Who who so now? Did Indy do one? Not yet, but we definitely need oh. one. I would love Indie Advent to send us a reggae playlist or maybe like a pop punk playlist. Um, but but we'll get to that. Um, guys, you're welcome to donate. Um, Donations are entirely optional, and they all go towards things like commissioning your your friends, artists, uh, to make things like you know visual art. Um, we also have the um, you know a, a donation fund for things like um, you know what we have to pay in order to get things on podcasting services, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Donations are optional, but they mean so much. So we appreciate it. if you guys feel led to donate, hit that exclamation point donate. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started with some recommendations tonight, courtesy of Skeleton Lipstick. Oh, hello. So, first recommendation I'm going to do is a vaporwave artist by the name of Corrupt Save. They have a new album out on Business Casual called Errata. I believe this just came out, but it's a very smooth album if you're looking for a nice combination of traditional sounding vaporwave, sort of, um, uh, but with like a bit of a smoother, funkier edge to it as well. Um, very, very, very fun. Uh, album that oh that just dropped huh it just dropped it just dropped so really lots of really good smooth vibes on it 
say goodbye if I keep playing over and over again. The entire album just flows together pretty nicely and makes me think of being in um, a suite in the 1980s, but it's like a combination of a suite and a business office. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm stuck between two worlds when I listen to it, whether I'm in like a corporate headquarters uh, or I'm in a 1980s suite in the plaza. So it's a very interesting flow of, the, of these two contrasting vibes together and works pretty perfectly okay. and if you're looking for some more traditional vaporwave this is a pretty cool album to listen to i like it a lot corrupt uh saves new album errata so i'm gonna go ahead and recommend that for for my first track and for my next track i'm gonna actually recommend this album on um my pet flamingo by a monodrome called forbidden fruit so mm. this has kind of got a interesting Arbor beats sort of feel and vibe to it, but with a really like heavy drums and heavy beats to it that are really driving. Okay. So it's an interesting little push forward in the in the genre, and uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I like the song uh, "She Gets Me in High Income Slums" a lot, but the album is if if you are looking for something that is in that world of, of barber beats type sounds, but kind of is like I don't know, man, like. I thought somebody had like somebody on like the on the um, the Rex had sort of put some comps, put some comparisons to like like almost like as if DJ Shadow was doing a okay. Barber Beats album, and I was like that's kind of an interesting way of putting that's it. That's a compliment it's, for sure. Well, because it's pretty gritty too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like the beats are just sort of washed down and muted. They're pretty heavy. So I was pretty pretty pleasantly surprised by this album. So Monodrone. I'm put Monodrone. Forbidden Fruit as the other album. And then my last track is um, this album. Thank you, Some Kind of Gangster. This is is a good one, too. This one's really good. This is by... uh, It's Castro, and who's the one he did this with? Oh, it's it's that... that Oh, Decisive Koala. What? It's that Detroit Neo-Hypertronica act. Castro? On Stratford... Yeah, Stratford Court. Yeah, Casper and Decisive Koala, the, the collaboration with Decisive Koala, that's a dope album, man. Getaway, that's one I've been putting on a lot lately. It's really fun because it's, well, how did you describe it again? What Detroit Neo Hypertronica. Have you not heard of this? <laughs> no, is that what this is called? Yes. It's kind of like, I, you know the whole escape room thing? Yeah. It's, it's like a meaningless tag, but, you know, it just kind of describes that genre-bending sound. Yeah, because it's somewhere between. They like, should have been using it like ten years ago. Exactly. It's somewhere between like chill synth and vaporwave. It's like a really interesting sort of uh, meet meetup spot between these two types of vibes and these two types of um, drum patterns and these two types of uh, of grooves. Basically, right? It's really interesting, and I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard more of this sort of thing before. I mean, I probably have, but this is just—it's really this is really. Um, strikingly that you know well, shit, I mean? i'm gonna have to listen to it so i can it like... just came out i think um but uh i've really been damning this album a lot yeah the uh, getaway um the whole album's really fun but like you're right like it is an interesting combination between that uh, between like the the chill synth grooves and aesthetic and then sort of like a traditional like what vaporwaves grooves and aesthetic would sound like but like made with chill synth and like kind of married together in a very interesting way so Casper Town's in chat right now what's up buddy oh he is good man good to see you that's that's I I was very I'm very very cool album uh 
<laughs> yeah, really check interesting, it out because... unique grooves on this thing. Uh, but like, yeah, I I really enjoy. I, I I like Casper already, but like this album is really really fucking interesting. You know what I mean? And I don't hear too much else that sounds like it. And I'm kind oh, of damn. surprised I haven't because of how close together the uh, the people involved in in the scenes are. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like, I was surprised it wasn't. There isn't so much cross pollination. Uh, you know, isn't as much of this type of cross pollination. So interesting stuff, man. Like it's like a yeah, I really liked it a lot. It's a getaway by Caspro and the Slice of Koala. Recommend that one as well. Hell yeah! And Lux is here posting links, and Celadon's Dream Suite is as well. Thank you guys for helping out. All these links yeah, will be posted in I, the Discord I, server. Yeah, I'd be keeping an eye on like Caspro's Instagram while I was making this album, and I already knew it was going to be kind of interesting. And it was, yeah. I recommend That's it. one thing I really appreciate you, bud. You've got your finger on the pulse of things at all times. I do. I try to do I it, but like I have my feet I, in so many I, different scenes. I tend to gravitate towards things, and then the things I gravitate towards seem to be pretty cool. You tend to gravitate actually, towards things. I'm not actually actually like actively looking. It just happens. I respect it. I want to talk uh, tonight actually about genres and and genre categorization. I don't think I've given this take before, but at this point, we're going to have to start doing user-submitted hot takes because <laughs> I'm about out of hot takes. In three, th- halfway through the third season, I'm about out. But I think... Um, I did I think, three wrecks. Three wrecks, Luxury. You did do three wrecks. Monodrone yes. was the second one. Yeah, and Corrupt yeah, Save was the, was on, the first uh, one. My Pet Flamingo, right? Yeah, and then Corrupt yeah. Save on Business Capital. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Um, definitely recommend you check those out because this man has great taste. That's why that's why we're doing this. Um, I think genre hyper categorization can be a little uh, like impractical, but I do think that genre categorization to a point is really important. Now the the, De- the Detroit neo hypertronic thing was a joke. That's a joke <laughs> on on just I genre. Really oh, is that what you call <laughs> I mean, I don't claim to be very learned or knowledgeable about where genres originate. Um, I'm still trying to get a feel for what certain things like like how do you know if it's jungle or liquid drum and bass? How do you know if it's gabber or happy hardcore? I'm not even sure I really know what two step or garage is. I just kind of know it when I hear it. But at the end of the day, I think genres as as annoyed as some people get, especially if they're an artist and they get like pigeonholed in a genre. Like I've never been in that those shoes, but I can see why it would be annoying. But I feel like they're very, very important because they help us to find other sounds that are similar to what we like. Right? Like if you say chill wave, synth wave, or chill synth, like anybody who's, I guess, in the know knows what you're referring to. You know, uh, Robert Smith says necessary evil. I'll take that. Um, Like if you had to describe shoegaze, it's like a paragraph. You know, like fuzzed out guitars, wall of noise, androgynous vocals. You know, that's that's a long, that's a lot of time and effort when you could just have one word for it, right? Like shoegaze. Am I am I crazy? I don't think that you'll disagree, no, but I think genres are great. Crazy. Now, calling something like mall soft, right, or like grocery wave, that might be a bit much. But is like, it? is it? I don't know. I mean, is it over? how it's do we decide? Like, eventually, there well, might be like a hundred albums. You just say it and it happens. There might be a hundred grocery and wave albums. Like the way, if people like the way it sounds, then they'll do one too. Because it'll seem fun. That's why people do genres. Because they hear it and they say, that looks fun to try. I'm going to try that. And then they do it. And that's fine. I think that 
genres just happen no matter what because people see somebody doing something fun and they want to do it too because it's fun and then right. they do it they want to do their version of it and that's a perfectly legitimate way to do this then there are some of us who don't know how to can't do it you know what i mean you can't yeah. like do something that fully fits in and um, i think genre bending is also bonus hot take i think genre bending is like the ultimate like wizard experience like our own guest we'll talk about that later but he has sent me things where it's like what is this and i'm like dude i don't know and i think that's great I you know i still have no idea exactly what kind of music i'm making it's always different. i don't either dog honestly <laughs> you know. would you could actually work just fine in like an indie tronica playlist just as well Indie-tronica. as you would like, that's not a put down <laughs> i mean no, it's not you know along with like edm or vaporwave I don't Anyways, know. I, just, I, just, I just finished. I'm almost done the next album too. And yeah. that's now also I'm like a seventh rewrite of that. And that also sounds completely different than anything else I've ever made before. So like, it's completely different. Can't wait to hear it. No electro swing playlists. No, thank you. Sell it on dream suite. All right. Without further ado, because I know you guys are itching to see what our, our guest tonight thinks about our take again. Very dear friend of the show, very skilled, talented musician. You may have seen him perform at the No Genki. What was it? Genki? Genki Land? Genki Town? I can't remember. It was it was the day after Electronicon. Um, Luxury Noise is our special guest for tonight. Go ahead and unmute yourself, bud. Say hi to everybody. Hello. Hey, there he is. Genki Club. Club Genki. Sorry. Club Genki. Yeah, I was going to pop in with that in a <laughs> What do you think about genres and what we had to say? I mean, they're my uh, genres and I are having a hard time all the time because I can't I, I, I see somebody I love genres and I will hunt things down because I'm constantly looking for like, oh, I need a collection of 20 things to put on while I jam out at work and uh and so i'll you know i love to find it but then like i'll be like oh yeah i I would like to do a genre and i will go at it and somewhere along the way i get caught up in my stupid bullshit and then i don't know what to do and i send you a track and i say hey what is what is what is this and like i'm the uh, arbiter of genres or something just because you 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 know you get around and uh, and it's I, I'm always like hoping somebody will be like oh Paul you would fit in on this island of misfit toys and uh, and it doesn't happen so I just uh, uh, I'm I'm always uh, <laughs> I'm always hunting for uh, for 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 some way to figure that, that one out because like I I want to do lo-fi house but then everything I do yes. ends up luxury noised you know that kind yes. of thing. We are going to ask the chat to run up those questies, bestie, but we're going to save them all for the second hour. So anybody who says anything, I'm just going to make a note of it. And if I forget your... Yeah, that was stupid. I'm sorry. If I forget your question... No, I really liked it. That's great. By the way, if you're tuning in... We're going to say that in every episode (laughs) now. Run up those questies, besties. What the hell is that question, Quiz? Anyways, if you're tuning in via... um, a uh, streaming service many people have been complimenting luxury noises lights behind him you want to tell us a little bit about that before i give the floor to skelly uh just shoot my um 
my Helios set this week, and so oh sick! It's just it's it's a bonus feature uh, that I actually just finished uh, setting up. All my all my effects need real light to work, so I I got new lights. I got you. You know, bigger, better, summer. And it's thanks, pretty cool. Everybody likes it. I, I like it too. And I they're like, like rainbow lights me. that change. And yeah, he's like almost perfectly symmetrical. I got a good little halo. I've got him cropped pretty room. good, but he's in a pretty empty room with just the lights, and it has a very cool effect on his white walls. And that was the other thing. Uh, I do a lot of conference calls all day, and the people at work had been complaining about my white walls, so I'm going like completely over the top for tomorrow's conference calls just to... Actually, I'm going to change the cropping so people can see the lights above you. But let me remind everybody, please don't hold back on questions. We are going to ask them. We're just going to wait until the top of the hour. The first hour is going to be purely biographical because we've gotten a lot of great feedback from the like technical questions people like to hear about hardware and production and they like to get to know our guests so with that said i'm going to change the way you're cropped and let you rip skelly all right well so luxury noise (laughs) first things first how did you get involved with making music what did what do you start with what did you always play with production or were you an instrument guy first um definitely started as an instrument so when i was a kid i had a tape deck and i got really obsessed with um with taping back and forth and doing things i got this one and then i got another you were playing around with collaging tapes and stuff is this correct yeah and i had one that had a tv built into it what made you want to start doing that how did that click that you were like oh i can collage tapes did you hear an artist do that or you just like why this is the this is the thing i have in front of me how can i make something how can i use it creatively i was always convinced that like nobody was telling you everything your technology could do so yeah. when I had mm. a TV that had a cassette attached to it, I was like, surely there's a way. I and what I yeah. figured out was that it could record the TV with a really great direct signal. And I was like, well, that's new. And so then I could screw with bouncing things. You know, I had like a one of those speaker with a microphone cassettes. And then I had the other one. And I would just make yeah. it. It's not anything I would ever pull out and be like, you guys need to hear this. Well, when I was a kid, I was a genius. It was really stupid stuff, you know, and like. Roseanne meets Webster level. Of oh, so it was editing. like kind of like kind of like funny. Like it was it was so it was it was expressing your sense of humor then. Uh, if it's like fan fiction, even like I don't even know if I was Roseanne meets I, Webster was your fan fiction. It was. I just liked TV. <laughs> I still love TV. You know, like yeah, yeah, uh, yes. uh, we're very uh, television obsessive in this house, and uh, and I just I was obsessed with it. There are episodes of TV that I would record on audio that I would put on when I'd go to sleep. I and you know, I'm dating oh. myself, but you know, we didn't have you know necessarily playback technology so any playback yeah. when i was very young was very exciting even if mm. it was a cassette of a tv show oh, I, I just like that, that idea of saving it um and then uh my parents so my mom played piano my dad played the drums and uh and i was learning piano badly uh and and my mom couldn't really teach me a whole lot and i did high school band and then my parents got divorced and my mom started seeing a guy who became my new stepfather and he was a musician 
and mm. so through and he came from like the Macon scene um like spyro gyra sea level almond brothers Ooh. kind of background of music um yeah. and so a lot of like jazz people were around when i was a kid so eventually for some reason i decided i was gonna play guitar badly to piss all of them <laughs> off instead of like enjoying you know like all ah, of the punk rock approach that I was right you're right it was totally yeah. i just like I, I was like oh it's time to time to do some sex pistols covers and be god awful you know and uh and that was sort of the 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 first really like striking out like i'm a musician i'm gonna go to the mall and smoke cigarettes and have to be chased <laughs> out of the food court by security but you know that I was unreal to, i used to hang out hang outside the mall and stuff like that when i was a young teenager as well the mall was like I, I feel like it's a generational like tell it was like the only that? place my parents were cool with me hanging out where they like, the didn't know where, I where was. else were you supposed to yeah, where else were you, me too where else were you supposed to go at least you could like walk around and you'd run into other people there there'd be the different cliques and subgenres of, yeah. uh, of mall kids you know what i mean it's shout out mall employees dying. yeah was this the 90s I, for you oh yeah yeah uh were you, were you so, more of like a Walden Books guy or like an FYE guy? See, I knew um, two girls who worked at the Camelot Music Store. Oh, Camelot Music, gotcha. Cards. So uh, we were down there a lot. And uh, and then we knew some girls who were at the Hello Kitty store, so we would hang out oh, in there. was there. a Hello Kitty store. Oh, yeah, it was so very Is funny. Camelot Music the, the like brand you kind of came up with for like if where you to... went to your music? Where you went to your like, music? Where you went for your music first needs? My record store was a turtles, like like turtles, the yellow turtles. and very seventies brand. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, the it was that was like the first place like I really identified Camelot and uh, Record Bar at the mall. Those were my big like. By the time I was old enough to be like going and walking, you know, back when you had to pay for records and you would sort of like pace around a record for yeah a few times, few times. before you yeah. actually buy it. Yeah, What was the what was the first really big record that you bought there? Like, oh, this is awesome. The that, that was like yours. Like this is my taste. This is awesome. I honestly, you know, it was it was thriller. Like that was like the first record that I one. had like a serious bond with where I was just like I don't know, and uh I over identified as a kid with Paul McCartney. Uh, because my name was Paul, and uh, so and oh, that was go. intentional by my dad. I, you know, he he loved Paul McCartney, um, and uh, so then like when they're singing on the girl is mine, I'm like, you get that girl, Paul. Even though you're married, <laughs> you know, I think you, I think you got this one. I think you're gonna take it. <laughs> and because uh, you know it was like a duet with an argument, and it was just a good good record. And then like you know, and then I didn't really, you know, music was kind of like a weird thing where i would latch on to whatever my parents were into but my parents were really cool so they they would bring home you know the latest records my dad would go out on a friday and it was like you know it was like a thing he did that sometimes my mom would bitch about kind of thing but <laughs> it was, they, they also both loved the giant record collection he would just go out and he'd come home with a clutch of 15 records or 15 cds or whatever it was at the time so we just always had stuff to listen to and it wasn't until years later that i started being like i'm buying my records and then it was all you know punk rock into the cure kind of stuff nice that's cool that your parents had good taste in music 
I don't, they were I don't, cool. I don't know that I've ever picked up any recommendations from my parents, and I'm jealous of people that did. Yeah, I never really did either. Um, so, what was so? When did you start actually? Like, okay, so you were making little tape collages, then you got your guitar. Did you try? Play, did you play in any bands? Did you write any music? Yeah, so uh, I pretty I sucked straight through high school. I sucked, <laughs> I sucked bad. I had a lot of I had a lot of like discussion bands, you know, a lot of idea bands. Yeah, yeah, bands, we all those bands. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then I went to uh, UGA, and I met up with this guy, and I had met up with him in high school, and he had been like the first person who showed me a drum machine. Oh, that's in- uh, wow! What wait, what drum machine was this? It was, uh, it was the the one he had was uh, DR six sixty, the first one that I like laid my hands on. Oh no way! And so I went over to his house and and he let me play with that shit, and I was like, "What the fuck, you can?" That must have been a fucking aha moment right there. Oh, it was it was it was very large. Um, and then uh, he and I worked together for a little bit at Office Max, and we got up to hijinks together, and you know we we realized we liked each other. And the first day I was at UGA, I ran into him. And uh, we went up to his dorm room, and there he had an R70. And that was Ooh. when, uh, I don't know, that was that thing. I sat down on it, and I programmed my first song uh, just sitting there in that dorm room uh, in, like, a headphone zone. And it, it it got me, like, oh, yeah, I need to I need to make stuff with synthesizers. And yeah, so the then R70 I started... is a really cool um like all purpose, like from machine digital sampler. That thing is really dope. That pitch strip. Yeah. I mean, that that thing was responsible for a lot of '90s genres. Um, it was. Yeah. That's so. <laughs> that thing is so cool. Um, and it's like when you get to play with one of those things, like you just see like the power of like, whoa, this is beyond normal instrumentation. Like I'm, I have, I've reached through like the the glass and I've entered some other world. I didn't even know this was available to me. You know what I mean? And it's cra- it was cra- it was like you're like, really stand- cool. like a little LCD screen about that big, but it just felt like there was this whole world through it. And it was very <laughs> yeah, that's a really studies. interesting yo. That's a great way of talking about it. It's this tiny little LCD screen scene with like this damn. I want to play with that fucking digital fucking calculator, and yet belies an entire universe of ideas and parameters. That's from why which I love electronic music. Weird noises. You know what I mean. It's really a crazy aha when you're like, there's more I can do? And you're like, I'll never figure everything out. And, that, and he, he was like, yeah, you know, and, and we can make him talk. And so he was the guy who kind of, and I had had like older keyboard players around and they're like, yeah, MIDI. I'm like, okay. Uh, but <laughs> having like somebody my age say it, I was like, okay, now hang on, what? Tell me, slow down, science fellow. And, science. Uh, and, science. and so we science started. Hello. We started figuring. They start saying that to people when they speak. When they speak. Oh, slow down, science. Yeah, slow hello, down, right? Hello. <laughs> In English, nerd. <laughs> Come on, nerd. Einstein. Right, wait. So, so anyway, so that's really cool. So he's showing you what to do with it, and then then what happens? Well, then uh, we started a band. It was called Resistance. It was we had big plans. Everything was gonna happen. And one day I came in, and he had all my shit packed up for me. And it was like, you know what, man? I'm going to do this by myself. Oh, no. Yikes. No, this oh. was actually, this is the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. Because I bet it didn't feel that way at the time. No, at the time it was soul crushing. Because uh, the guy who knew how to do everything yeah. had quit the band. So I was just <laughs> a dumbass again. 
You know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, Ryan showed me. I, he could turn on the drum machine. I could make a song. It's fantastic. Yeah, I but I didn't know how to, like, quit the band. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't network shit. I didn't know anything about Simpty. I didn't know. I, I didn't know anything. And what it made me do was I dove into my sequencer, and I became this person who learns gear ridiculously thoroughly and learns how it all talks. Wow. And, and that ultimately became, like, that fucking shirt rocks. Uh, that, Somebody uh, in chat said something about it. Thank you. It's a Miami Vice shirt. Became my job-ish, you know, in, in, in a way. Um, so it, it was it was really valuable for me. And then I had a whole Guitar Hero fucking thing. I was living in Athens. It was the late 90s, and I wanted to be in Radiohead like everybody else. So I yeah, uh, okay, computer had come out and then right. going to do Amnesiac and yeah, yeah. I was in and I was in Athens, revolutionary. So I oh you I got I got my guitar shit and uh, and I I screwed around again for a, a few more years and I didn't seriously like hit a stage with my own project at any point until probably the early O's mm. and. Uh, and then things, you know, I don't know. Then after that, the Band-Aid was ripped off. And every time I would just come back at whatever I was doing and it was it was new. And and ever since then, I've been doing bands or whatever or work uh, pretty much. Yeah. So when did you so when did you feel like you found what your sound was or your first the first time you figured out like this is kind of my sound? This is like the synthesizers I'm using. This is the noises I'm using. I feel comfortable saying this is a cohesive thing. Saturday? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I, I, so the thing that made me start releasing music seriously as, as luxury noise was honestly just that I was home during the pandemic. Ooh. And uh you and Patrick. And we, yeah. Well we <laughs> right. were all hanging out. Shout we were out all hanging Coast out to in the chat. Uh yeah, shout out to Patchnote, shout out to everybody in Coast to Coast. Um well, we just were all like, hanging... the same thing. It's like I was it was it was quarantine time. Yeah, and we were all hanging out, you know, uh Big Stream Chat was a huge I mean Big Stream Chat felt like oh, there yeah. was a point I can remember where that just felt like the biggest part of every week and really? I do okay, remember so that. that each, that became, how did you discover okay then let's back up for one second before we get to when you get into this luxury noise. <laughs> Alright, fine. How do you find George Clanton or Vaporwave? I wanna know this. Okay. Too. The, yeah, the, and this is broken. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on a thing that I know we'll come back to, but I had been touring with uh, of Montreal, and I. Um, You've been touring with of Montreal. Yeah, as uh, I, I did crew work with uh, with. Oh yeah, them. I don't think Skelly knows this. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, I used to tour uh, doing. I I I used to tour playing guitar in some bands, and then with with the biggest act that I ever worked with, I ended up uh, I was their LD, and then I was an on stage. I if you ever saw of Montreal and there was a referee doing weird shit on stage, the referee was me. Oh, wow. um, and, Did, wouldn't you and that, wouldn't you like come up there at the very beginning and go like this like it spread your I, arms was that I you would, i would stop uh michael and david from having yeah they would be wrestling and they would yeah uh, they, when we did the wrestling luchador tour uh that that was yeah i caught them there's a actually really fantastic shot from uh primavera in 2011 of me and they like both hit me so hard my hair flies up so i look like a mad professor 
uh, how was it touring with them was it good was it a fun time it was i was in at a very exciting time um, you said primavera sound and everything wow yeah it, it was it was a big time um so I I wasn't there for skeletal lamping. Um, I came in right during the sort of end of all of that and in the transition before all of the the band members shifted around and um, and I came in right as they were about to head out on the road with Janelle Monet and do the False Priest tour. So Kevin had just done all the John Bryan. It was Pitchfork everything everywhere all the time, and it was like around the time that there were just like lots and lots of famous people around all the time whenever you would do the show um and it was it was a really cool time and got to go everywhere uh with them except i did opt out of a show in singapore one time because i was reading about singapore and how easy it is to get in trouble there and i was like fuck that noise like i pictured Damn. myself like getting drunk putting a cigarette <laughs> out somewhere and having an international incident i was like nope uh so that's hilarious to that but were, were, was it were they all nice was everybody in the band very nice to you was it a oh time? it's like a yeah, you know the questions that when, really matter. Were they when nice? I was, yeah, with, with the nice people? It's just like when we were talking to um, Hotel Pools. I would like to know like, this too. You know, he was like Lady Gaga is a class act. She was lovely. Yeah. Called him to check on his. Dog. I do remember that. Like, mm. yeah, he still has. We're on the road with. Uh, I think the False Priest tour. We he had wants you to talk nine, shit about some people. No, I want to hear. People. I want to hear the good <laughs> people. I want to hear validation. I know. I'm joking. Nice and kind. I, I do too. I, I think we all do. It was 19 people. Not like so, talking about fucking how like, what? Or, yeah, Damn, polyphonic spree. It oh, was, cool. Well, for that tour, because we had extra stage actors, we had a prop lady, and this, you know, not even counting Janelle and Janelle's crew. Uh, so it was a, a large crew. So you, you don't, like, you know, you don't catch everybody on their best day all the time when you go out for a couple of months at a shot and you drag everybody halfway across america jump on a plane and go to europe come back and do the other half of america all in like a three three and a half month span like one day i had a, a crazy meltdown um really so everybody has their days yeah that's, that's like, understandable the the whole way i even ended up working with them was that they were nice people uh, everybody was wonderful you know and i came in and the, the the band that i was with it was it was after Jamie had left, so it was Kevin, Dottie, BP, uh, Davey, Clayton Ricklick, uh, Thayer Serrano, Nicholas Dobratz. This is big, and there's These eight, are not real uh, names. Kishibashi. Uh, this was when Kishibashi came on, too. Oh, nice. When he started, uh, he was called Kaoru, and the name Kishibashi actually came from uh, shortening on on lists and paper of just K Ishibashi, and we would write Kishibashi, and then we Kevin started being like, "Hey, Kishibashi," and it, that just became a thing. <laughs> That's um, stuff, man. <laughs> so, what was your nickname? I was Lonely Paul uh, because <laughs> we, so we were uh, we we went and did this thing in Jackson, Michigan. And it was uh, it was this weird festival that somebody was throwing, and I don't think they really actually had the budget sorted out, uh, and, and things went sideways all over the place. But the night we got there, uh, Clayton was supposed to be my roomie, and because he wasn't, they were like da 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 da's in room da 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 da, because Michael would send out the tour manager would send out all the stuff and be like, "This is where everybody is," and he's like, "And Lonely Paul's in room whatever room I was in." 
referring to that and then like everybody just like ran with that and so it was lonely paul and so i would get like during the time i was working for them people would you know like dm me weird shit how lonely are you lonely paul kind of uh so creepy, freaking weird creepy <laughs> shit so but, funny uh, well that sounds like really fun it sounds like a really fun little uh experience of uh very colorful stuff I got to, yeah, and you know it's it's uh, if anything like I, there's stuff like like going to Primavera where you're just like man I'd like to do that every year um, yeah which, I bet. you know uh, so like hearing about George and them going I'm like ooh uh, right but you know who knows all right so I guess how does this lead to you getting into vaporwave and George and everything so yeah so I came home in twenty. 20- I don't know. And there was a six month gap and there was no tour and I didn't have enough money. And I had just been through this summer thing where like a long gap of being somewhere longer than I had planned to cost me. And, you know, when you're touring, you don't all of your money is like this ball and it's like depleting. And then you've got your next tour over here and that's when you'll get more money. And so I was just sort of. I was freaking out about money, and finally, I just got um, I got in the one ads, and there was an ad, and it was uh, it was uh, they were looking for a web developer, must love dogs, and I ended up taking a job that became me uh, being a, a marketing director for a company called Unique Squared that used to sell DJ gear, and so I was getting this completely skewed version of like music and everything, but one day for whatever reason, probably twenty. 13 or 14 i found uh some esprit oh and uh esprit (laughs) and uh and uh i uh i i locked in on that i was like well that's that's weird yeah um conveniently around that same time i heard of you for the first time on like a new retro wave playlist oh me skelly lipstick oh sick yeah yeah Yeah, that's right uh philadelphia yeah, that's right. That's uh, yeah. one of my songs. That was on and, the new uh, Yeah, you were on a new retro, new retro wave. Nice. They posted me so, a few times back in the day. Back yeah, in the. It was a real time lover as well day. on that. On that back in the day. It helped confuse people like me because I hadn't been plugged into what was going on. So you like I knew about that. I'm, I'm sure you knew about that. like Calm Trues and shit. I oh, that's, George, that's, yeah, I was oh, all on Calm Trues. How fun that you have uh, you heard of me uh, back in the back in the early days. It was. And well, and two, you know, I was still I was still doing some DJ shit at that time, so I was getting like I was writing blogs all the time for stuff to throw on my playlist so that I wouldn't be weak. And I was getting I real tired. Those days. Of shit Damn, this was right when uh, EDM was starting to take over mm. and sort of chase everybody out of uh, yeah. having a good time. And uh, <laughs> no, that's my thing. I was having a good time. <laughs> I was not having a good time with EDM. It just seemed like it seemed like going to the gym, um, and uh, and I didn't like it. So, uh, but the uh, yeah, and, and so I found, and the third thing that I found, and I think this is what cemented my Spotify algorithm, so that then it just sort of fed me for years before I realized Vaporwave was real people who I could just go meet. Um, and, uh, I, uh, and I found Lux, Lux, uh, I yeah. found Luxury Elite and, uh, it was, uh, huge, huge because that's where I found 18 Carat Affair. And, Shout out. uh, 
and it, it just all sort of like Spotify's like, oh, this guy likes this shit. We're gonna give him this, and I'm just sitting there playing Destiny. Uh, we had moved to Colorado at this point uh, for for my job, and uh, and I didn't have any friends or anything out here. So and Lonely Morgan Paul. works in the news, so she was she was just always at the station. So I'm just sitting at home listening to Vaporwave, uh, and I found that big Vaporwave playlist with the the Pepsi drinker. Uh, and that got me through, like, just like that, that sort of fed everything. So then by the time the pandemic rolled around, we were all going to the chat and George kept being like, you can do it. And I was like, why am I not doing it? Because the whole reason I got off tour really was because one day I was in Norway and I was looking at this fucking house. I was in, we'd been in Bergen, Norway. We were, it was summertime. We were on this leg until we were supposed to go to Barcelona. And I think we were just going to Barcelona to then leave. I still can't remember why this, this worked out this way, but I was just in, I was in Norway for so long. I actually called the account and was like, Hey, I need more money. Um, (laughs) and, uh, power play. And she, she was helpful. Uh, the, uh, because fish and chips was like 24 bucks you know like at a pop Sheesh. so and so it was and this was like, in the 2000s the yeah no this is in the 2010s okay, at that so point like early 2010s though Croner beat the hell out of the dollar and uh and it was just rough on on the old wall so anyway i walk i'm walking around this place <laughs> there's two hours of darkness a day and i've been in there and my roommate it, he's decided he's never fucking going on tour with us again and he's just done with everything he's been going through a lot of stuff so he's in there he won't put on clothes he's just walking around the room in his underwear he's got all the curtains drawn it's starting to get kind of a funk going in our room so i'm just oh, walking gross. around i'm walking around uh yep. bergen all day this and, is crazy and, and, this is a this is crazy your your origin story is just crazy keep going <laughs> and so i'm standing in front of this house and i'm like oh man i'd love a little house like that up on a hill like this out here in a place like this and i looked at the price it was a 1.5 million dollar house after the exchange oh. just Quite a tiny sheesh. little shotgun shack in bergen norway but you know it's norway and and everything's very expensive there apparently and, i had no so idea i can only imagine now i, I did well, not know that they have a very high uh, gross national product and very high standard of living. Uh, and they do, uh, I think it's similar to the uh, the Swedish thing with like the national profit sharing in the gross and the GMP. So like everybody works because it supports the economy. Everybody gets a little bit out of it, but the the value on all of that stuff is is high. Um, but it's very pretty, and their water is very nice. So. You know, and anyway, so I was going crazy drinking glacier water. I decided I was going to go home. And, and and most of all, I decided that it was crazy to me that I was not making enough money, but I was doing it all for the sake of traveling around the world to show somebody else's art off. Not because mm. I didn't believe in their art and it wasn't good, but I felt like I'd gotten like way the fuck off the path. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to go home. And I'm gonna get a job, maybe. And it was still probably another two months, three months of tours that I was already booked for before that became real. And then one day I walked off a Yip Deceiver tour, and that was pretty much the last date I did on the road. And I did a couple of more things with Up Montreal in town, and that was it. And I, I, w- I moved on and got that job. So. <clears throat> There's a lot of tangents to all these stories. No, this, but, is, uh, this, is, fasc- this is fascinating stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying your yarns. That's why we chose you. So then I went and uh, worked for Unique Squared 
and did uh, all of, of that stuff. And it was a lot of DJ marketing videos and uh, like synthesizer stuff. There's some old Electron videos. There's some there's some weird shit. And when you have a job like that, people say awesome things to you all the time. I guarantee it because it's awesome to be on YouTube in front of people talking about gear. They treat you really well. And uh, and so I got uh, grad. I, I was doing music at that point and I was doing a lot of really calm truths influence stuff because he was so hot at that point. Um, and, and he was using like big old synth gear. So you could do like, you could get your new electron box and get your arteria synth and do a synth demo that kind of did all that stuff and, uh, had those break beats and people be like, yeah, man, I want to sound like calm truth. So it was good for sales. Right. Um, and, and doing something on a channel that wasn't doing, uh, EDM to move gear. And so that was kind of like all the stuff that I was doing. But then gradually, like the vaporwave thing, I had fallen into that. And that, and once I moved out here and wasn't doing the unique squared shit, I just started thinking about doing my music again. And so I did a. Uh, there was one of those stupid uh, data mining photos that's like your birthday plus your something equals your something. But this one was your vaporwave band name, mm. and uh, and I did it. And mine, uh, mine was, and this, you know, if anybody's a resourceful reverse data miner out there, uh, mine was Luxury Noise. And I was oh, like, really? well, that's funny because, you know, I, 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 I'm here making music that is, that I'm finally getting around to making because I went home from a tour to uh, have nice things and buy myself a house. So Luxury Noise seemed appropriate. And Luxury Elite was my inspiration for wanting to do it. So then I got that name and I kind of ran around Love with it. it. And then finally during the pandemic, uh, George was like, if I can do it, you can do it. And I was like, why am I not doing music? What's going on? So I made Sin a Dream just to push myself to do it. I was kind of hoping everybody would chase me out of town so I could just stop making music. But then people were really nice about it. And, uh, and I made a bunch of friends. Yeah. I do Good. love how supportive this scene is. Either they'll kill it and be like, fine, I'm, I know I can't do it, or we're going to make some friends. And like, it ended up as the latter rather than the former. And you never know. Oh, and it's, you know, huge shout out to Chillwave Kittens. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's yeah. that's where, like, the the whole, like, patch notes, device, all the, all the people in the, like, original outset versions of, of Coast to Coast, it really was kind of a... It was like a friend gang from uh, the holdovers of of Chillwave Kitten server. Nice, nice. Shout out Chillwave Kitten over there. Yeah, I remember we like were streaming at the same time as Chillwave Kittens for a little while, and um, I feel like he like knew this, and so there was like a little friendly like rivalry kind of thing going on. And Chillwave Kittens actually lived in a little town on the outside of Vegas called. I hope this is okay to mention. I actually sh- probably shouldn't say, but anyways, um, he, he didn't live too far from me. Um, but uh, we never got to meet up, unfortunately. And he's definitely a stand-up person. Uh, mm-hmm. Very great sense of humor. Very skilled individual with social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he, I am. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks, but uh, I, I regard Max as a as a as a close friend. Uh, and it's uh, it's been awesome to see his arc. Like he's yeah. getting all of the W's right now, and I'm really happy for him. I don't know him super well, but and I wish I could have like met up with him IRL before I moved. But great, great guy to have in your corner. He's looking good. Max he is, is man. Good. He's looking he's looking great. real healthy. 
I might clip that shit. He's had he's had a rough time of it, so I'm really glad to see him getting all these W's. No, he I, I I'm super hyped for Max. So um, he deserves I it. Don't know, I I tend to I have a lot of friends where like if we don't check in with each other every damn week, you know, I assume we're all okay, and we'll pick up where we left off. That tends to be the only kind of friendship I'm really capable of maintaining. Besides, uh, well, I mean, when you're all our age or older, it's it's definitely tough. You know, we're busy, especially you two. You guys are probably busy as hell. Right now, is uh, this week is insane. Um, I have a trade show next week. I need to do my set for Helios this week. I think I saw Ming Curry in the thing. Ming Curry. Yeah, Ming was here for there. a minute. Shout out I, Ming Curry. I, I that, Helios, him, that Helios but... event is going to be a beast. Shout out mm-hmm. Strip I, I hope. I feel like I'm saying too much. I know Strip Silence is working on it too, and... I know he's been working real hard, so it's going to be good. At least we're not doxing nobody. We're not doxing anybody. I'm always scared I'm going to say some shit I'm not supposed to say. But anyways, it's going to be good. Yeah. I- okay, so we that. now know how you discovered um, Vaporwave, and we know how you decided to start like making Vaporwave. Well, how did you... Did you did you find the scene? Or do you feel like the scene found you? I, I hope you haven't answered that already. But like I, we've worked with a lot of people, one. right? But like we've worked with a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, you know, I, I hung out with the synthwave people for a while, but it just didn't, you know, it, it didn't work out or whatever. Like you hung out with of Montreal for a while, and then well, found this. Yeah, I job. know, yeah. but I mean, like it sounds like he the first scene is this the first scene you got involved in? Like really? Actually, like what I wonder. Like, that's what I wonder. Musically. Like, did you pick in this scene or did like, it? I chose this. I want, okay. I, you know, and it's funny because I, I don't know that I've really ever been like, here is a vaporwave record from Luxury Noise. Right. Um, but I just, this was, this was my people. This was what I identified. And I've been thinking a lot about it. Like why, what's the deal with, with vaporwave? Why does it draw in like a me as well as, uh, you know, a lot of other adjacent folks? And I think it's, you remember, so when Calm Trues, this is a little throat, when Calm Trues was like the big thing, it was like Calm Trues and an endless recycling. Like, I love Boards of Canada and I love Aphex Twin. They are welded to my DNA. I cannot escape them. I will listen to Aphex Twin on Christmas. Like, that's a perfectly normal fucking thing to do. I think, you Same. know, like, that's that's part of who <laughs> I am. And Somebody uh, clip that. And the, you can't listen to this. It's Christmas. It's it's perfectly fucking turn off the skeleton not. lipstick. No one tell me the anything different. called Avril. F- you know, uh, yeah. but the uh, I turn off. Come to daddy. You're scaring people. Everything got into that point where it was like you were them, or you were Venetian snares, or you weren't <laughs> shit. You know, yeah. like it was like mm-hmm. there was a big uh, middle aged uh, gate force that had just like sort of descended around what was supposed to be the progressive genre and i think like vaporwave mm-hmm. like i think vaporwave adjacent is because the inevitability of vaporwave was that you can't have that happen to a new emergent art form for too long before something is going to organically just evolve to drive around it and i think right. that like that, that was sort of like what i was witnessing it was like this is like a young electronic music thing that's not a bunch of old people standing in in the way of of everybody yeah well, and we, we all damn. were like one of the tricks point never says you can do whatever you want nice like and, that was a big thing for all the early vaporwave people was 
we chose that person as the patron saint. Man, whoever yeah. would have saw him, like, I don't know if you remember in the early 2010s when he was just kind of making, like, like Russian mind and stuff. Like, I had yeah. no idea he was going to be blowing up like he has now. Like, if you had to have me, or, like, Eve Toomer, like, like <laughs> I, I would have never guessed, like, thing. teams and one Tricks Tricks Point Never would be, like, the most successful people when I heard one Tricks Point Quote, unquote, successful. And I, and I heard all the side <clears throat> projects and different ways that he did stuff, too. You know what I mean? It wasn't just Russian Mind. Then he would yeah. do, you know, obviously, like, Replica. And then he would do the game side project or the Fort right. Pat side project. But, like, I remember or, in the early 2000s, like, before wanted, that shit. Every album sounded, started to sound different. And every idea was different. And it also had a big sense of humor, too. There's a sense yeah, of a humor in one Tricks Point Never. And a sense of the idea of, like... The anxiety of technology and like, weird You're philosophical well things behind it. It wasn't. It was just a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was like when I first heard One of Tricks Point Never. I'm like, well, this is my guy. Like this is my guy. Who he, this is the one who sees the world the way that I do. I feel that, and I love One of Tricks Point Never. I just like didn't expect more so than any other electronic. I just didn't artist. see that happening. You know? No, I didn't either. But like more so than any other electronic artist I'd ever heard in my life. That was the guy who was like, okay, this is kind of like spooky, but also kind of funny, but also kind of like using nostalgia, but also kind of like playing with like ideas because of the idea of playing with ideas and also kind of melodic, you know what I mean? But just weird, yeah. but when it gets too melodic, let's make it weird. You know what I mean? Well said. Do you think, do you think, do you think when it comes to like finding that person, like how much do you think your particular nostalgia like factors into that? You know, that's never. a great question. Uh, it was the idea of the future also becoming nostalgia. Mm. Like, the idea that everything will become nostalgia and gets, like, rotted away. So, like, all things become nostalgia. To me, nostalgia was just another paintbrush to use to put towards uh, weird ideas and anxiety about what the future will be. Damn. Future shock. All right, I'm going to go grab another drink. I don't hold anything too precious, personally. Get some more good questions in before we start doing okay. user submitted questions. Well, I want to get to your music production style, though. So oh. how do, what do you use to make your music? Since you've got so much background in gear, you've got so much background in working with musicians and working in the industry, what how do you choose to produce your music? I do as many things that I was told were wrong as possible. Uh, I, I, will, uh, I pretty much do everything in Ableton. Um, I did briefly do a couple of tracks in Logic from November to December and then realized it was not my cup of tea and went back to Ableton. Um, but, uh, and I, I I was doing everything all with plugins, um, but over the past few months, I've gone on a, a synthesizer spree again oh. um, because I figured out that synthesizers, uh, hardware was not my problem. Uh, what my problem was, was that I need really capable I need my envelopes to do certain things. I need the mod matrix to go a certain way. So I, I got some expensive synths. So now I'm oh, kind yeah. of back back into uh, uh, not that expensive, like a sequential take five, a Novation Peak, uh, ASM Hydro synth, and wow. a Electron Syntax or the things. That's a that, lot. That, and you just got you just plugged in there. That's a lot. Which is your favorite? I, I oh. I really like all of them. I keep coming back to the Take 5 because it's like, it's weird. It's underappreciated. Nobody marketed it like this. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe logically because it's a VCO design. But for me, it handles like a VCO Juno. And so I, especially because it's got like a filter amp marriage. 
um, section on the the envelope stage, and I, I I just love it, and so I really like that. But I also really like the hydrosynth, and I really I like all the wavetables and all the weird shit you can do with the new synths. Um, so, and I, I and, yeah, that's, and like, I, that's the hydrosynth. The hydrosynth is cool as shit. Uh, it's got it, it's so it's got the it, the mutants section, and the yeah. mutants you can basically. <clears throat> You can do FM or wave doubling or um, sync really cool. marriage. The you can do standard, if you will. There's a there's a there's a, a, a phase synthesis type there, and you can do all those things. And then you still get five more, five envelopes to play with, and five LFOs to play with. You can assign them to everything. You can assign LFOs to other LFOs. It's pretty. It's wild. And then it's got like an oscillator engine. And then it's got the whole wavetable thing, and all the wavetables come in families of eight. Thank you, Roche. And then you can take a family of eight wavetables, and you can set, or you can mix and match wavetables, and then you can have it scan between all of them all the time. And this is what I mean. This is what I do with my gear. I, I dig into all of that stuff, and, and I get really nerdy uh, with it. But yeah, I, I really like it. And so, uh, and, and in my studio, what I do for uh, Luxury Noise stuff is basically get lost in all of my synthesizers, realize that there's too many notes, and then I start sampling stuff and doing breakbeats and then finish the song. Device operator can tell you the truth about the process because he ends up seeing a lot of early renditions of things and so does patch notes and soft replica. Um, so uh, they, can, the they can be like, he's full of shit, uh, is what they can say. But that's pretty <laughs> much how I work. And I just sort of... I chase after something until I get confused. And then usually I pile everything up. I don't know how everybody else works, but I I pile up a whole lot of more than I need. And then I just start cutting it all out. Um, yeah, the music is the space between the notes, man. Um, and I just start <laughs> cutting everything out uh, and trying to find like new melodies and I, I don't really think that I can write music I think that I'm more of like a like there's like people who are like generators and there's people who are reflectors and I think I'm a reflector so my ideas are usually I stitch together a bunch of music stuff that I know and then my idea actually happens like once everything's in the pot and you start it's like a slow like a more of a slow sauce than like a, I showed up and I knew exactly what the fuck I was gonna do I think you're really good at like creating a vibe and then just adding lots and lots of really interesting parts to like change the vibe and, and make it a little more interesting. And then like it's over before you know it and you're like, damn, I wish that like I want to do that again. I love that description. That's what I, I mean. That's what I'm I want people to listen to the record. And I mean, especially with the, the new one that I'm working on, uh, trying to finish finish up this week uh in fact uh but the we I, I want people to put it on and get through some great task and later on be like i had a really good time doing that task yeah listen to luxury noise really and then come yeah, back took the and, edge off yeah and then and be like next time they've got a task i want them to be like luxury noise is good for that task and, and put put it back on <laughs> luxury noise is good for yeah task. great task grass music. cutting music I, if, I don't know if I'm good for that. I feel like I wouldn't really cut through. If you've got an electric mower, maybe. Um, but yeah. I keep yeah. fidgeting with stuff on my desk. We have seven user-submitted questions. Shout out to our users. We're going to go ahead and get those out of the way real quick. Some kind of gangster question for Luxury Noise. How big is your C86 collection? 
It is nothing. There's nothing. I got. I well, I got. Talking about wait. What are we talking? What is a C eighty six? I'm not a gear person. I wish I were, but I'm not. It's a cassette compilation. Okay, NME cassettes. Okay, there we go. And no, I don't have shit. I don't have any of those. But uh, damn, I'm not that old. I'm not cassettes from NME old. That's from cassettes NME from old. NME old. Damn. Yeah. Okay. That's the fine line. Disappointing. <laughs> That's the fine line. Quiz. Here's a question. What, if anything, determines your death style? My lifestyle. Well, no, wait. Thank my you. lifestyle is determined by my death. My death. Thank you I for decoding what what he was talking about. <laughs> Must be an inside joke. It's yeah. That's some that's that's some hot mod. Shout shit. out quiz. Some hot mod shit. Naoko Coed, what is your advice for new artists? Well, I still feel like a new artist myself as Luxury Noise, um, you know, uh, but uh, I think, you know, everybody is going to, I and I'm the worst about it too, uh, everybody's going to take it personally when they put something they care about out there and everybody doesn't pick it up and say, I love you and I love this, that first yeah. Day. Um, it's hard not to take it personally, and you know, I, I'm a huge believer in the church of self-validation. Like, don't release it for anybody else. Release something that you have to release and put it out there, and then just do it again. And if everybody doesn't love it, instead of thinking about how everybody didn't love your record, just think, oh man, everybody slept on this, but one day somebody's gonna get to discover this and my new thing, and just kind of keep going until you've got a collection of stuff because right. by the end of it you'll believe your own bullshit and i you really only have to evangelize yourself i think unless you're after money and then there's a lot of other shit to worry about yeah well said if you're trying to turn a profit you have a lot more like stress ahead of you and you have to completely change your game plan it seems uh, Celadon Dream Suite, uh, question for Luxury Noise. What is the true meaning of Vaporwave to you? With a little trademark symbol. <laughs> um, y you know, I, I think a lot of people fight about this. Um, and I think... I don't know who's in charge of it. Uh, for me, what I liked about Vaporwave was there was a part of the scene that really captured my nostalgia in a way that didn't feel like I was being cheesily fed uh, old 80s stuff. It was that... Uh, that like the synthwave scene. Yeah, and, and suddenly I had like that 90s R&B stuff. And so for me, a lot of the... Uh, the nostalgia of that stuff was it already was my music. And so yeah. a lot of the vaporwave for me, especially growing up with who I said was my stepfather, I was literally around all these like soft jazz guys. And like my parents knew the Rippingtons and shit like that, you know, oh, that's so fucking was, awesome. It was, uh, hey. that, that was my, that was Very my cool. music. So vaporwave for me, when I discovered it without engaging in anything about the back rooms or the comment on consumer culture, or any of that. I just the anti-capitalist like, shit. 
yeah, I was like, this is some fucking jams. And yeah. I got into it and I vibed. And then I started digging in. I started learning more and more things. I, but, but you know, it wasn't like I came at it back rooms and internet chat room lore first. I, I came at it completely through a Spotify algorithm and gradually kind of like coaxing myself into it and then finding out everybody was real people. I mean, so. I think a lot of people found it via like memes or like Vine, Simpson Wave. I mean, it, not, nobody's mad about it. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't think, I think that the meaning of Vaporwave is that there always needs to be a new and emergent art form, whatever the cost. And the great thing about the way Vaporwave Ooh. started and the way uh the way like stuff like barber beats continues to carry on stuff like it and i don't mean this in any way to be reductive discussing all the different ways people can make art but it is an anyone can play party and i think that's great it's not that everybody does and it's not that everybody will be good but everybody can play you know you can jump in the pool and you'll be welcomed for it like you know it's not like it's like like when uh, Pashnos was on and he was like, yeah, I just fucking learned this shit, uh, you know, just right then and there. And nobody was like, oh, well, you're not legitimate for learning it, you know. Right. And there there is a lot of music out there where if you didn't worship the Canaan and come up, you didn't pay your dues. You know, that whole yeah. mentality is a very real thing. And, uh, yeah. and I think that's what Vaporwave is. It's, it's sort of a new electronic punk rock thing happening that... Yep. that uh, the beginning. Yeah, a lot of people want it to be over. Putting the back but I, in the hands of the working class. I think people want it to be over so that they can quit. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't. That. Yeah, I, I don't think it's like. I don't think it's because like you know it's it's like rock and roll is dead too, man. It's like no, nah, man, you just you just out of touch with the scene. It's what rock and roll is dead is what old people say when they don't go to clubs anymore. And Damn. you know, and I and I think Bruh. like you know a lot of like classic mentalities tend to yeah. tend to bend bend in that direction and it's just because people are saying i'm tired i can't keep up with new shit anymore you kids are doing it wrong and uh and, and they want to move on but so yeah for me vaporwave it's a punk rock thing i guess yeah well, totally that's... agree i do love the constant innovation you know never gets old even if it means you're moving the cheese like it never gets old <clears throat> Well, and that's just, you know, like I, I responded to one thing and then I see like the younger people coming in and doing stuff. They're just coming from like a fucking place that's totally jacked up to me. They're, they're interacting from a, their morning happened between 8 and 12 a.m. in a different year of the Cartoon Network than my morning happened with the Cartoon Network. <laughs> Damn, well shit, said. You know? And like you see all that stuff and their nostalgia is shaped a little bit differently. And I think that that's like, that's what's what's cool and to not be reductive talking about my production thing the whole thing that i'm always working with with all these synthesizers and the things that i'm doing in the studio because i really did sort of brush over that overly modestly what i'm always trying to figure out when i'm in the studio is rather than being a slave to samples i'm always trying to figure out the uh atomic structure of my own nostalgia so like how how does my nostalgia work what is it and and so like rather and rather than having to uh, 
Uh, and this is the thing that people do, especially in our scene a lot, that people, uh, you know what they, you know what they did, man, what? They made that fucking shit on a DX7. Fuck, I'm grabbing a DX7. Hell yeah, I got a DX7. And then they get a DX7 and they learn that a DX7 is hell, which is what anyone who had a DX7 before them ha could have told them. But I never got the DX7 because I knew, like, I'm not getting this. <laughs> synth is, like, is, is difficult to program. And, like, I feel like I'm going to spend my energy learning a different synth rather than this one. Like, I and specifically always went out of my way not to get a DX7. I'm like, you don't well, rather, that D50 is really cool. I, I, that's complicated, too. I think I'd rather rather go into that. Yeah, and it's not... DX7 is... It's just because like, it was like a very commercially available synth at the time, and that's why it got used a lot. There were a lot of presets for it. Like, there's yeah. so much about like the late 80s and early 90s synth culture where it's like, had great presets. And uh, and that, that was one of them. And people do this, and they buy things and you can chase around like the Juno sound buying a real Juno but then you have to have a whole ass Juno in your house and you've got to pay for a MIDI conversion yeah and you got to get it serviced because the thing wants to die like an old cat and it's just <laughs> like you know <laughs> the uh and, and so like you, you you figure out what those sounds get really are that like, like an old cat and I, that's that's on my mind here at the house right now. We've we've, oh. we've got a fellow who's who's in his twilight, and he is oh, difficult sorry. and sort of a funny. But it's it's he's in a hilarious phase. I know we're all going to be very sad very soon, but he's funny and he's ornery. Um, but uh, the uh, you can just you can make all those sounds, and so that's sort of what a lot of my production is about. Is I'm chasing after that thing, like ooh, did this get that feel? Ooh, did this get that feel? And I will go so far as to pull out an XB5080 and fuck with that for a few days and then put it away and then try to recreate the patches and things like that but um that that, that that's a lot of like my obsession nostalgia wise mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sick i love it kj valium wants to know who your favorite noise artist is i am woefully unprepared to talk about noise artists <laughs> i don't know anything about like current noise like you know like I don't even know. Like, yeah. Hey, no mares bow. I, I make a lot of noise. Bolts. Yeah. Luxury. It's a good noise. answer. KJ Valium. Nobody likes noise music. <laughs> Just kidding. What do you guys That's think about true. vaporwave being like a subgenre of noise music? Have you ever heard that? I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of strange, right? Uh, Luxury Elite, good question. Isaac and Dr. Chris answered this in the beginning of every episode, but now it's your turn. What are three albums that you would recommend and why? Doesn't matter if it's current, all-time faves, whatever. Oh, wow, okay. Well, this is easy. Probably. Is nice. Or hard. Well, the, one of them is easy. The first one is that anyone who's never listened to the Pet Shop Boys behavior, get on it. Uh, it's one of the greatest pop records of all time. It was a sleeper. They recorded it with, what was it, Harold Faltermeyer, the Axel F guy. Um, oh, nice. They used all analog synths. It was like <clears> at the end of the, the 80s, the beginning of the 90s. It's like such a kick-ass, uh, such a great timepiece. Uh, just just really awesome record. Uh, and, and they even got Johnny Marr on uh, a couple of tracks. So, And just, just really cool, vibey stuff. Um, more recently i might have to pull up my own spotify but i've seen people do that on the show so i think that's totally acceptable. nobody's mad about it um i'm just glad you're not stumped it, it's you know i'm not gonna commit to my answers for life um 
I do think uh, another really good record that that more people should check out if they haven't. You know what? No, I'm just going to do old fucking records because it's what I've got. Do it. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know where to start with Prince and they will do Purple Rain. And I have no idea why more people don't start with Diamonds and Pearls or uh, the Symbol uh, the album. And uh, Love Sexy too was was fucking good. So now I've got three records. That's 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 the more. And then a really old thing that more people should check out too, but don't is The Cures. Robert Smith and Steve Severin from Susie and the Banshees did a thing in the '80s called the Glove uh, that was all hmm. sort of built around um, acid and and, uh, and acid the drug or acid the music. Acid the drug, uh, I got you. and uh, so it's a lot of really crazy psychedelic stuff. And they did it with this singer lady named Jeanette Landry. Really neat, uh, really neat shit. And uh, and that's uh, that's so a yeah, Pet Shop Boys, records. Prince, and what what did you say it was called? The Glove. The Glove. The Glove. And it's the Cure and Susie, Su- from like Susie Sue, right? Oh, well, it's 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 Steve Severin from. Oh Susie. my bad. Uh, my bad. So. That's pretty play. sick. Definitely recommend y'all listen to this man. Uh, Strip Silence, what is your order of importance in a project? Album art, track names, and music? Mm. Music, then album art, then track names. Uh, the names don't always happen at first, unless I have a concept. Like, uh, well, I knew Esther was called Esther when I started making Esther. But then a lot of songs, I have no idea what I'm doing until until I, I got you. There. Yeah, some people have some like really, really descriptive track names, and other people it's like, you know, dreams, you know, stuff like that, dirt or whatever, you know. And I try to rap. You know, I I do a lot of like coded meaning in, in in what I'm what I'm doing, but usually it's only for my own benefit i don't know if necessarily anything's ever going to universally translate right i don't have anybody like that's about his holy shit paul's thinking about this thing i don't think anybody's going to do that with my music right uh, and it's the beautiful thing about it is it's so subjective like it might create an entirely like vivid dream sequence-esque experience in somebody's mind and you'll be like damn like that is the furthest thing from what i was thinking about when i made this you know that's one of the beautiful things about instrumental music that i love you can, you I, can lo- I talk to people about what the music video in your head looks like. I prefer instrumental music uh, pretty much all the time. All the time. I, I, I don't yeah. even know like when it started. I feel like the late 90s you started having like all the, the post-rock bands yeah. that, you could, that you could hear. Like you had Tortoise and you had... Uh, yeah, it's kind of around that time that things start to pick up a little bit more. Just, you know, and then I would say that like by the late 2000s and then by absolutely by 2010s like i was really much more gravitating towards the idea of emotions through textures and and, mm-hmm. and creatively programming noises and sound i'd never heard as a way to express how i felt or li- or show how yeah. i felt and more than lyrics at that point i realized too like the whole reason i've been working with singers and this is going to sound so shitty and i don't mean it to sound shitty but it was because they were like the, the fall guy. Somebody had to get up there and read bad love poetry. 
and so it might <laughs> Damn, as well not son. be me, you know. And and I'll play guitar. I'll be a hot shit guitar player, and then um, and they can say they can say stuff that everybody's already said three million times. Oh my god, that's a hot take. <laughs> is, is that a hot take? I guess you're right. Sorry. No, I'm so, you, and you I, don't owe me no apology, bud. I love a good dumb pop song as much as anybody, but I didn't want to be the. I've never wanted to be the person to be like. And this is the story of how much I love you. You know, like that's not. Well, who, I mean, that's in, not, in, lyrics don't have to just. You be have that. you have a song. No. My favorite song that you've ever made has the line. This, what is it? It's like it's probably like a sampled. Well, I can't remember what it is. I, I do songs. With me being I me. Do songs with singing and lyrics too, occasionally. But no, and I I uh, I I can't sing, and I don't want to say it. Is what I mean. Like it's not to put down the poetry. It's Soft that I don't. It, thank you. I don't have the. Uh, I just. I don't know. That's not my way. I don't feel like I'm doing my art if I'm out there doing that. If that makes sense. Like yeah, totally some people it. sing and that's their art. And and it's different when somebody really connects to their own lyrics. But for me, I'm like, look at that. It's like I might as well be like talking about gravy. You know, it's just like it's not <laughs> real to me. Dying like, cats. That gravy song, sir. The song about gravy is a fucking hit. Um, and people are. I, I just can't. People are crucifying me in the chat. The line is, uh, "Thank you, Soft Replica. You've been on my mind," and then it oh, just yeah. kind of repeats mind. And I, but it's kind of sung. It's not. Sing. No, it, and I mean, oh, the, it's a I, sample. It, no way. Yeah, the the new record is pretty much uh, almost constantly me doing that of leading a track with some kind of samples that I've cut up or whatever, because people, I like the vocal textures. I love it. And yeah. I, I think, I think it you, gives you it use some more, great effects on them too. And I like to do that. I like, to, I like to, I don't know. I like to make somebody say something they, they didn't say. Uh, one of the, the new tracks, uh, it's just like when you made Roseanne talk to Webster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Nice. And that's the full circle of it. Is that, yeah, there's a little bit of instrument playing, and then there's a whole bunch of dumb playing with audio. Um, I think you need to sample Webster now for a song. You know, I waited on Webster once. Waited and, on uh, the, the, the actor? He, like, Emmanuel served Lewis. Him. Yeah. He served him? At a Longhorn Steakhouse. He came in late. <laughs> Longhorn no way. Steakhouse? What? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, Tell I used to work at Longhorn Steakhouse. Uh, so me. he likes... He used to hang out around Cobb County, Georgia area, which uh, that's that's where I am originally from. And I was back there after leaving uh, UGA before I went back to UGA to work. Um, and uh, and I was waiting tables at a Longhorn Steakhouse. And, and Emmanuel Lewis came out and they're like, hey, Paul, we sat Web Webster in your section. I'm like, yeah, thanks. It's fucking closed. Uh, and Webster hung <laughs> out till till pretty late to be honest he, he hung out till pretty late he wasn't that polite and then i was talking to a girl i was seeing at the time afterwards i was like yeah i waited on fucking webster tonight he wasn't very nice and she was like oh he's really rude to me and he slapped me on the ass the other day because she was shit. working at david buster it's pretty rude she got slapped oh on the ass God. Like, that's wow. her word you know like i'm not here to defame i'm not here to defame was it's, he a good oh, tipper I'm not gonna say he was a good tipper. I'm not gonna say. But he was I'm a not good gonna tipper. say he was a bad tipper. I'm just not yeah. just. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. He just didn't care. You heard a whole it lot. here. On yeah, heard it on hot takes. He didn't. He didn't seem to care a whole lot for uh for for the for the, the, the laments of the service staff. The common man. At closing time. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Econo Webster jazz. Forgot it, man. 
Econo Jazz. I'm not surprised. I knew this was going to work out well for Webster when she told me that you weighed that. Um, right. I knew, Don't like, meet your heroes. Gonna get... <laughs> no, never meet your heroes. Econo Jazz. Question. Do you feel that deadlines help or hinder your creative process, Luxury Noise? <laughs> um, we're going to find out because I just came off of a year. I did a year of singles and then I set up this deadline for myself to finish this thing and uh and now after this record is done and out all i'm gonna worry about deadline wise is shows and sets for a while and just kind of float and see what happens and we'll see if a record gets done because i feel i feel like the the deadlines are uh the only reason that i get done but we'll see because i seem to keep doing stuff there you go true Patch notes, Mr. Noise. Econo Jazz is a real one. Patch notes wants to know what the best way to prepare a parlor pizza is. <laughs> oh, I, saw, I saw that test, that question come up earlier. What's with all these inside jokes? What is a parlor pizza? Well, it means a French bread pizza. And what you do is you microwave it for a minute and then you throw it in the air fryer. I believe that is the correct answer. Uh, I should have known that was going to be the question. What do you just take a piece of French bread and put like some pepperoni and some cheese on it? Have you never had a French bread pizza? No. What is it? Oh, Stouffer's makes these deliciously shitty. It's just a piece mm. of French bread with some crappy sauce. It's horrible. It's awesome. It's, it's got to be better them. than Totino's. Quiz. We're talking about uh, we're talking about French bread pizzas. Uh, parlor pizza. <laughs> Soft rubbing a parlor pizzas that one social media app, right? <laughs> oh my god. Kanye was gonna buy that shit, but then he walked away. Oh, I believe it. Celadon Dream Suite with an additional question. Do you have an album or track that you've created that means a lot to you personally? More than anything else you've created? Esther. Uh Esther is uh uh it was my grandmother. Uh, wow, she she passed away. Uh, we all went to see her for her 90th birthday, right before the pandemic, and then she passed away during 2021. And uh, her and my grandfather were uh, they were the people in the family who came and saw me when I was sort of in this down and out phase where I'd been like, oh, I'm going to be a musician, and I was like, oh, that's a stupid idea. And they weren't wrong, but I I was going <laughs> to do it anyway. And uh, and my grandparents came to me one day when I was working at Longhorn Steakhouse. It all ties together. And uh, they said, you know, they were just basically like, you know, we didn't always have it together either. And you just need to go follow your star. And sure, maybe your dad's mad at you right now, but it, it'll it'll pass. We were mad at him once too, you know. And uh, and they kind of pushed me. And uh, and they came over from from England with Lockheed uh, in the '60s, and that is why we are here in America. And uh, gotcha. And so I just uh, and Esther was just sort of a track that I, I dedicated to her, and that I was thinking a lot about her while I made it. And so, yeah, that's probably the song I have that means the most to me currently. Damn, that's really beautiful, dog. There is a better song that means more that is coming. coming. Y'all, I can't wait to hear that shit. Y'all run up the views and the listens. Well, not views, but y'all check out Esther. If anyone wants to link that shit, please do so. 
And with this next question, we'll be caught up. So you guys, if you have questions, please light up the chat. Otherwise, I'm going to shoot from the hip. Roge Corp, Mr. Noise, will you be in attendance at Midwest Aesthetic? That's like next month, and things are not looking good uh, for me Damn. right now. Yeah, I was hoping I would uh, see I, you again. No, I well, you will. I will. Uh, and and but, maybe this uh, time I won't meet you in line and stand immobile for like 30 minutes hoping to get something to eat. Shout out Indie Advent my- and Data Girl for surviving me surviving a part of my soul died in that line uh that was a terrible time in my life bro just waiting do you remember when that kid came up to it he was just like okay there's nothing left guys if you're behind this person you ain't getting nothing and you and (laughs) he made it back to his his little cart you know uh i know right i i wanted to strangle him i was that was not well handled Uh, i felt like there should have been like a 30 minute warning or something so it was was odd yeah, but but coulda woulda shoulda talking about yeah good I, mean, old, I get it it was a good time that was a good night uh, with the exception of that moment yeah and, yeah I really and would've. then I did get tacos after that and they were fucking really good I don't know if it was because I was so hungry but it was like the best dude taco I had the I same had. thing happen to me after the second Electronicon Skelly blew up my phone going hey you're gonna play the after party while I was drunk as a motherfucker watching televape and i was like oh no i need to sober up if i'm gonna play and then right after the show i've got some like street tacos or like those you know hot dogs that have like bacon wrapped around them that somebody's abuelita was making on the the side of the street and they were fucking phenomenal nice we got uh patch notes mr noise what was your favorite coast to coast collective show i I really liked the last one. I thought the last one was so the timing was good, and uh, and it just it fit together. And and I gave up. Uh, you know that show. I I Patch Notes did all the um, the interstitials instead oh, of me that Patch Notes. time, and uh, and it was awesome for me. Not mm. just because I, I got out of it, but because I I, I loved I loved what what we got, and I loved the the theme he did with with you. I can't sing. See, I told you. That's why we don't do that uh, in luxury noise. And (laughs) the, the, uh, yeah, there will be a new, pretty soon, I'm going to tell everybody that there's a new, but we're not, yeah, there will be a new Coast to Coast soon, and we'll all talk about that. You're going to have to find a way to make it about fall. Yeah, I know. That's the, the, the summer's a little bit crowded. Right now, we were gonna do Pacific Summer. That too, is true. But, this summer is popping. Uh, if we, if I was like, "Hey, everybody, give it's me like a fall's set gonna for be popping too." Mm-hmm. Soft replica. Actual question: What is Luxury Noise's thoughts on the phrase "Never meet your heroes"? I mean, it depends on the heroes. Um. Oh, you know, One time I met Montreal a guy who's pre- cool. what now? Oh, Montreal guys are pretty cool. Yeah, true. And um and and like I while I was out with them, uh, you know, I met one night we were Yip Deceiver, uh, and I I I was playing guitar in Yip Deceiver for the first couple of tours, and uh, we were doing a South by Southwest show, and I looked up in the middle of my set, and uh, or in the middle of our set. 
and Davy's mouth was hanging open, and I looked over at what Davy was looking at, and it was uh, Danny Pudi, uh, Abed from Community, was 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 standing right there. He and I thought I had seen him going into the club before our set, but I was like, "That's crazy. Why would Abed be at our show? That's stupid." And so I like moved on. And then he he like saw that we saw, and he's like, "Cool." And he hung, he hung around after the show, and he was super cool. And the next night, he wow. and uh, Dan, Donald Glover they, they took uh, they took Davy with them to Kanye. You know, like just wow. like great great people. And uh, um, you know, uh, one I've met a lot of really awesome, cool, famous people, and I met some super duper shit bags who are just the worst people in the world. So I don't think it's never meet your heroes. It's it's probably like names. Ev- names. evaluate names. which heroes you want. I can't. If I start talking that shit, <laughs> that's how Paul Nunn loses Paul Nunn's work. Damn. I'm not going to have your blood really, on my hands. Then you'll really be lonely, Paul. That's right. Uh, no, I, 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 and that, that would actually be my, my... Going back to the question earlier, what would my advice be to, uh, to new artists? Um... Don't Paul fuck people none. over. Paul don't, Paul don't get none was was a big one uh, when I was a kid. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, don't fuck people over and um, mm. and like don't you know if, if you're entrusted with secret information, keep it. Like that, I, I think that's like one of the biggest things that people do to identify themselves as not fit for. Uh, private information and when you're not fit for private information you're not going to be a part of someone's record launch you're not going to be a part of this you're not going to be a part of a special thing you know you got to be able to hold your secrets hold your secrets it's exciting to know things but more exciting not to to blow blow that so So those are like the little things George Clanton says he can keep it a secret but Death Dynamic (laughs) Shroud says to tell you the secret so what you're saying is we should listen to George Clanton. Hey, I'm not saying, but you know, nope. You if there's it. anything I hear that that guy being criticized for, it's for being a businessman. And damn, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> so he, uh, he's clever. I'm gonna shoot from the hip for the next like 15 minutes. I want to know what you think about covers and remixes. Good, bad. Little this, little of that. Covers, shaky. True. What are you covering? Why are you covering it? What are you doing with it? Is it a reenactment? Do you have a statement to make with it? Fair. No reason not to do it. And I'm saying that I used to do every Halloween we did uh, in a band I was in called <clears throat> Push. We did a Cure tribute show for a couple of years. And then we would do like 80s uh New Order and stuff like that kind of songs, shows. And so, you know, like, I, I like a good cover. It's fun to play a cover. Release a cover, I don't know so much. You better have a statement to make. Remixes, fucking awesome forever. Remixes can be their own songs. I love remixes, dude. I, it's how I find people. Remixes are, you know, like, how you learn that so-and-so is involved with so-and-so, and you can't, you know, even if that's not true, you know, like, it's like, right. like as though Boards of Canada are involved with anybody, but they do mm. occasionally come out of their cave and they remix somebody's stuff yeah. out, of, out of nowhere. Uh, and those, and that can just be a cool nod to know what to go listen to next. Yeah, Like that Mr. Mistake song, yeah. Man, I, I, I technically, love that. technically, I think I discovered Vaporwave due to 
I guess technically I discovered George and 18 Carat Affair at the same time. 18 Carat Affair was doing remixes of like Andre Obin and Mirror Kisses. And I was like, damn. I remember when he did that. Yeah, yeah, he really did a great flip of uh, Team Follow. I think remixes breathe a lot of like new life into into you know work and you know of course we're fans of sample based content right which is another form of remixing but I'm glad to hear the love of remixing man and you know with covers I I hate sounding like you know judgy about it I just mean I feel like a cover has to have a a justification of some sort when, I feel when you're that. recording it it's like uh. I don't know. I always like the. It's hard uh, to do a the, good cover. The Pet Shop Boys when they did uh, was it always on my mind. It also went into "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You," and that was pretty fucking cool. Uh, you know, like, and that's like, oh, we have a spin. We're gonna do this with it. Um, or no, that was where the streets have no name. That went into "Can't hmm. Take My Eyes Off of You," and then yeah, "You Were Always on My Mind" was just "You Were Always on My Mind." Sorry, sorry, Pet Shop. Boys. Oh no, you're good. Um, <laughs> but uh, I like stuff like that, you know. I, I think there's always room for interpretations, and I don't know. I think people should do whatever the fuck they want. And I love a good edit. I feel like more people should be doing edits. I wish we had like a pool of kick-ass DJ edits all the time. Bet. Uh, I feel like a lot of our artists that we know around here would be really exceptional. That's something Pacific Plaza has has heralded, and then I thoroughly agree that there need to be like more like. DJ ready edits of Vaporwave songs and absolutely I've been thinking about that a lot lately we do need a record pool for Vaporwave and Future Funk hard agree yeah I was literally thinking about that the other day like how do we get that rolling don't know I mean are there lo-fi house record pools that I don't know about that's a good question man Uh, there are so many tracks and I'm sorry to cut you off as you and I are both big fans there are so many lo-fi house tracks that you can't get like lossless unless you buy the fucking 12 inch vinyl or you get it on i don't know where do you buy lossless audio when the shit's not on Bandcamp? you know i don't know but those lo-fi house those lo-fi house artists they want to get paid yeah yeah and they never release albums i swear to god ross from friends dj seinfeld and dj sabrina are the only people who've released like a fucking full length the rest of them it's like here's four tracks but it's usually good. You know, you could rip it, but then it'll be, like, low quality. You don't want to play that on a void sound system or whatever. Inrail definitely. Uh, Inrail's just saying he's in the DJ edit zone. Uh, Inrail would be someone who I would say is yeah. doing more than their fair share of the edits in the game. Oh, yeah. And, Shout out uh, Inrail. He's getting some huge Ws these days. I know the sure. fuck, man. I just every time I look up, there's some social media clip of him playing to a crowd of thousands. And right, it's wild. He's shit. touring with the. Uh, he's, is he touring with the Inrails here? Is he is he tour with Shrek Rave now? In Inrails playing SpongeBob Bubble Raves yeah. like Shrek he's, Raves. He tour with it. He like quit oh. his job and like that's what yeah. he does now, and he's getting paid. Cool. He actually, yeah. Cool. I saw that. That's amazing. He's I saw a great that on his life Instagram. Performer. I was like, whoa, that's so fun. I yeah. saw him post for the masquerade the other day. I was like, and rails in my old digs. Oh, so yeah. I, I get excited about that shit. Um, Poor dude hates flying, too. So he's like biting the bullet, but he's, I don't want to say living the dream, but he's he's doing better it, than, yeah. It's proud fun. of him. It's fun. It's cool. 
Paul, what actor artist have you loved for the longest amount of time? The longest, most consistent man. It's gonna be XTC. Okay. It's always gonna be XTC. Yeah, consistently. Nice. I I always go back to them every year for some reason. Andy Partridge is a fucking cool cool genius. I love the way he's like all hermity and he didn't even want to play live. Like, I don't know. I just love that kind of... uh, I like someone who's so pure in what they want to do that they will throw off an entire industry and millions of dollars to do it the way they want to do it. (laughs) And he absolutely was like, Golden Goose, fuck you. I'm staying home in my garden and writing songs about being English. And I just think it's awesome. I love it. Are there any cool, like exceptionally cool stories you can share with us that happened either while touring or like at a live show that you performed in? I mean, yeah. What kind of story are we thinking here? I mean, Um, we're going to have to like categorize these stories into their own genres, huh? Just just anything you want to tell us. You can tell us multiple stories. We got time. 20 minutes uh, left. So one time, this this is just cool, like me being awesome superhero uh, story. So we were doing this festival called North Coast in Chicago, um, and it was uh, it was like summer, rainy day. It was weird, kind of in the park setup, and so like we were over here, and like there was another stage across from us, and I think that's where I saw Bass Nectar later on. Damn. But in, in between the, it was wild. Thievery Corporation were playing. It was a weird festival. It was like all over the place. And so in the middle of it was up Montreal. And we had a big run so that we could do, you know, it was big crowd times for up Montreal at that point. And, uh, and so we were going to do the thing where uh, David and Liz go out in the raft. And for anyone who's never been to an up Montreal show, there's a lot of stage It's very theatrical. And, yeah and uh people people doing weird shit and there's crowd surfing uh, more often than not at that point there was anyway um and there was like a, even at one point uh during the wrestler tour and isaac i think you're saying you saw this one uh, there would be a battle royale at the end of the show and the entire band would dive off the stage and crowd <laughs> surf their way off of the stage and then all come back and then we'd do a hoedown and a hoedown. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, this is actually a fun story. So we would do a hoedown, and I I would come out and I would start everybody singing the the, the doing the Pledge of Allegiance, I think it was, and uh, and then uh, and then Kishibashi would come out and start playing Yankee Doodle on his his violin, and then everybody <laughs> would come out. and We would do a big hoedown, and we had just started doing this on the Controller Sphere tour. And I've totally ditched this North Coast story. We'll come back to it. We just started doing that on the Controller Sphere tour, and uh, we did it in D.C. at the 930 Club. We did it in New York, I think, next, and we were doing it for the third night in Boston (laughs) on the night that they killed bin Laden. Oh, Uh, wild. Wow. So so I went out and I did it, and the crowd is very into it. Like, the crowd is, like, really, really into it. Like, we had been like, I don't know about this whole fucking hoedown. David Barnes was really into this idea. He was watching Glenn Beck at the time, and this is back when Glenn Beck was, like, lead uh, fear guy at Fox News. And um, and and David was really fascinated with this idea. Like, he thought it was just so interesting that some people thought they could be more American than other people. 
And so that was sort of what we structured all of the the tour antics around was like the whole wrestling thing. All of it was just this sort of like, this is what you look like about politics and fighting. And then at the end, we'd have a a big thing. And then we'd get a bunch of hipster kids to 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 do the pledge and be patriotic and shit, you know, man, unreal. (laughs) So uh, and so we did it. And they were like super fucking into it. We're like, well, this is going a lot better than we thought. So then I get off the stage and I'm like, I'm out back afterwards and and I'm having a cigarette and some kids walk up and they're like, how did you guys know so fast? It's like, what? They killed Bin Laden. You guys knew, right? That's (laughs) That's why y'all did that. And so like all these kids thought we were geniuses who like did this like, and I love the idea that, you know, like that means people on the stage can like call an audible and be like, they killed Bin Laden. We're gonna do a hoedown. That would have been right. Like you just decided <laughs> How that. Did you guys, you know? just pivoted Amazing. like that. It is That's fascinating so what you can funny. say across a set of in in ear monitors. Um, and uh, but it was just, <laughs> it was just that. Um. So anyway, I was telling a story about the North Coast. Uh, and this will be the last story. I, I probably got better stories than this, but this is a fun story. It'll come to so, you. You can do a Twitter thread later. There, a, a thread times I, I will never ever do that i i tried never to speak about this whole thing uh when i first was doing all this because i didn't want to be uh i didn't want luxury noise to have anything to do with of montreal because it doesn't of montreal is entirely kevin's product um you know all of that stuff all that stuff was sort of like I might be older than a lot of people in our scene, but I was a baby in the Elephant Six. Like when all of that stuff was happening, I was watching, I was aware, I was in town, I was not part of their gang. I, I joined up after a video. So I just never ever wanted anyone to make the mistake of like, that guy's from Obama. No, fuck no, I'm not. Uh, I worked for them and they are some <laughs> right. friends of mine. Um, so I, I never talked about that. Um, but so we're doing this show at North Coast and we send, uh, we send David and Liz out on the raft and there was a stage guy, stage manager named Redbird who was running that festival stage. And he just comes up to me and he was like, are they coming back? And I was like, yeah, the raft always comes back. And he was like, okay, but, and he pointed over and right in front of the stage. And for some reason we really just hadn't noticed the side that they were coming back towards there was the crowd barrier, and then there was a little jut where it went in, where security were, and mm-hmm. the, and that was how the raft had gone out. But they were coming back towards what worked out to be about an eight to ten foot drop off between the crowd barricade and the stage, and the raft was about to to go into that. So I did a jump that I have never done before or since I, I, cause uh, David and Liz were about to come to that edge and I, I ran and I jumped down to receive the raft started. I, I, I somehow didn't break anything. I caught this rail flung up and then I like grabbed all of these kids. I was like, Hey, we have to turn that raft around or they're going to go in that hole. And all oh, these damn. kids like got together with me and like we turned the raft and we like got the crowd. We were like, no, we nice. got to get it that way. And I made eye contact with, with, with David and Liz and they were like, oh shit. And uh, so they were like this way, this way. And we got it sent back around and we got nice. it through. And then I died, just like hung there on the rail because I had used all of the adrenaline that had ever been in my body at that point. And I was just oh, laying holy there. shit. And the <laughs> so I'm just like hanging on the rail and the crowd's like, you are the fucking coolest person I've 
first thing you flew across the room and it was it was awesome and then redbird came up afterwards he was like if you ever need a job in chicago man you got work and it was it was pretty <laughs> fun. So it was, a, it was nice. a fun like fun hero moment um probably some of my funniest stories i i i, I would say for private because there's a lot of people's privacy out there in the world yeah true but uh yeah how important is fan feedback to you it's awesome, but I have to, it's, I don't think I've ever gotten what I would say was negative fan feedback. Oh. Like nobody's ever been like, hey man, I don't like what you're doing now. Um, the only times <laughs> that I ever hear from anybody, hey man, you know, and change your sound. I don't like you. I don't like you very, I don't like you very much. <laughs> I just don't like where you're at anymore. You never got the random eat shit and die DM? <clears throat> You know, that happened to everybody. Haters, whenever I have a hater, they sort of plot against me. You know, it's, oh, it's shit. more of, they do the long yeah. con. Yeah, oh, I, I I know how to make quality enemies. Yes. Um, wow, you, know? you only have villains know. for enemies. <laughs> you got to step it up. You got to have a nemesis. Um, but I, whenever I get nice things, it's so uh, it is so cool when people actually take the time out of their day to listen to you when they go the next step and they actually send you something and they tell you what they do while they listen to your music. Uh, wow. It's, you know, I love that shit. I used to make music as Lonely Paul and nobody <laughs> ever fucking listened to that music. I get a check from it every year because uh, somebody like stuck it in a commercial or something and I had content what? ID on it before I knew not to do that. But... Um, what commercial is it in? It was like a... I think I think there's a couple of different things that are Dog's using repository. it. It's a dog suppository. What the it's fuck? It's not here. Somebody and, uh, clip that. <laughs> but I would I get damn skelly emails. Like a yeah, dying cat. Dog suppository. Oh, I thought you meant it was a commercial about dog suppositories. That's, that's what really I funnier. was saying it was. That, that's what he's been used for. <laughs> Quiz goes, I wait, you two word with dog suppository? It's an underserved market. That's his favorite noise artist, dog suppository. Uh, yeah, go. We'll take that. This amuses me the idea of like, yeah, hey, use this commercial. What was that? <laughs> hey, at least it's not like one of those fucking Volkswagen commercials, right? That's like the stereotype. What's your favorite physical medium? Dog suppository. <laughs> yeah, it works for everything, doesn't it? Fucking unreal. Uh, I love vinyl. <laughs> I just like vinyl. It's fun. It's big. You can keep it big, in your house. Yeah. I don't like to have a whole lot of it though. Like I'll never be a comprehensive collector because I don't. I have this whole morbid fixation all the time with dying and people having to haul shit out of my house. Um, and like the big vinyl collection, that's when they're just like hauling for days, and that just depresses right. the shit out of me. So I have to have like a. I have to I can, if I if well, I. You're depressed more about the idea of people moving stuff out of your house than death itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. What? It's so embarrassing. Like you just killed. Like, what are you worried about? I just, Is it? Like, about was this guy always happened? on fucking Amazon? You know, like I just picture people being like, "What was he? What was he into?" Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, and I think that that's there's some there's some uh, family experiences with that where I just I, I don't want to be 
I don't want to be taking dog suppositories out of my house long after I'm dead, you know. Long oh, days and days. We found another yeah. one. I want people to be like, that was a tidy and orderly collection of dog suppositories Luxury Noise had. And then, you know, and that'll be on my headstone. <laughs> what a God. lovely collection of dog suppositories. <laughs> Not too yeah. many, not too few. Not too many, not too few. Just right now. <laughs> the Real Goldilocks style. Yeah, you've got to beat me to it. Do you consider yourself an introvert, an extrovert, or a secret third thing? Secret third thing. Everyone's a secret third thing. I feel like uh, you're an I, extrovert to me. Well, I think... Agreed. I, I, I don't think that the static... I think the static state is a myth. You know, I think people like, oh, I'm an introvert. I am an introvert. What if I told you I'm an introvert? Yeah. Everybody says that, and I, I don't want to go out, you know, all the time, and I don't right. want to be in all the time. And yeah. when I'm so when I have to be on, I'm on. yeah, <laughs> I, I, I it, it's it's such a weird black and white idea that we got into, and I feel like what is it, the Myers Briggs test? Like, oh, what are what's your what's your Myers Briggs? Where you like the, ENTP, you're INTP or something? If you take the, t yeah, it depends. I'm either an ENTP an or an INTP, depending on what my state of you're, mind is when I take the test. Yeah. If I've I'm been an like ENTJ. I've been an ENTJ. I mean, I'm 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 like part INTJ, part. Wait a minute. No, I'm I'm half and half thinking, feeling. So ENTJ, ENFJ. I can see you being ENFJ. You really do yeah. consider people a lot. I don't know how I'm an ENTJ. Like, I'm not, like, a leaderly type. I don't know how. Well, ENFJ is leaderly, too, but they're usually, like, doing what you do, like, putting oh, together shit. a nice... The... Uh... Sorry, guys. Ship isn't necessarily a being in charge thing. I think anybody who rallies together well, communities I'm... and gets people to do things or show up somewhere is a leader, one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, I think you're an ENFJ. Yeah, I'm always afraid I'm going to fuck something up. I'd rather be the behind-the-scenes no, guy. Really I'd rather like... be the lonely Paul of your Vaporwave show. <laughs> All right. Well, what is something that you think that would make the average Vaporwave live show better? I think we should always have visual artists. Just always, I, yeah. I, I, great I, fucking I, answer. It, it's the be, it's the one thing that that's what just, all hell breaks loops is doing. He's doing it well yeah. too. Yeah, great. We gotta get him on soon. Oh yeah, I, he already to told me you would. Him. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all just need to like I don't know find a way to like collect our regional visualists and and take care of them and, and yeah. get them yeah. you know make them as, as big of the scene as anything else because yes, yeah it's we, it's such a huge thing um that yeah we've definitely tried to to appreciate our visualists on hot takes and we could do better especially the ones that provide live visuals you know there's so many i i could even like name them all but they're all so skilled that's yeah yeah, that's what we gotta do. Especially, I would love. I mean, you know, any one of us can come on here and say some something pretty cool about uh, synthesizers. But the the people who are doing the video synthesis and the people who are already cracking the codes of the thirteen different weird rigs to figure all that shit out have been on here to talk shop. Let's, should get, let's uh, learn. We should get, uh, should get like video punks on here or something. Shouldn't we? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. One last question before we go into our, our uh, outro. 
what do you think we should do to make hot takes better? Ming Curry. We gotta get Ming Curry on. That's what we gotta Yeah, we on. do. Of course. Of course. Yeah. There's a very obvious person. What do I think else to do to Obviously. make the show? Yeah, better? what would you do um, to improve this show? I I love it every week. I love the hangout thing. I think I, I mean I wouldn't even say like changing something to be better. I would say lean into all the strengths. I think this show has become for me like the regular streaming appointment I still keep. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and it means a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to sound like a broken record every time I jump in your DMs. <laughs> Did you say like a theme song? We should do that. Yeah, let's let's commission Dan Mason to make us a little 15 to 30 second jangle. A jangle? It's time for Hot Takes. I really like your Dan Mason impression. But, oh, yeah. no, that wasn't a Dan Mason impression. But someday I will. That was better than when I sang earlier, though. That was definitely better than when I sang. I don't even remember what I was saying. Y'all definitely got to check out his new album. It's Flames. All right. Oh, my God. I got to do that today. Yeah, with artwork from our very own B-Fans. I know. I know. I know. I got to do that. We got five minutes left. And you know what we do. We like to uh, let you promote or shout out or say anything you want to say. Um, well, shout out to everybody in Coast to Coast Collective. Shout out to Pacific Plaza and Alex, who is wonderful and patient and supportive, no matter how uh, much of a pain in the ass I'm being. Um, and shout out to uh, uh, everybody at Hot Takes, Lux and Strip Silence, Liz and the Quiz and the whole gang that I hang out with and chat all the time. I love talking to y'all all the time. Um, so good people in that server. Yeah, I feel really blessed. Uh, I, I feel like I've uh, found all my people, um, and 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 uh, I don't know. I, I have a really, I've been really lucky. I've got a new record coming out very soon. I cannot tell you the date because I have to send it out this week, and I'm going to have someone else master it because that's how much I believe in this record. I want someone else to make all of the decisions at the end, so that um, so that it can be as good as it can be. Uh, and then that will be out probably on a label that I may have just said. And uh, no, it's not nice. secret. It's going to be on Pacific Plaza. So uh, shout out. And the um, and then coast to coast new stuff. We will all figure that out soon. And hopefully, a lot of people here will be involved. And that, that's it. Uh, I, I uh, soft replica device operator patch note. Thank you all the time for every time that you at any hour will go through and listen to my demos. And also sometimes Econo Jazz has to do it as well. And Isaac who is <laughs> has right to here do in front well. of me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I always have like the council of design and the council of, of music who just sort of check out my shit and tell me if I'm on crack or not. And I appreciate <laughs> that. So, so that's everything. Thank Are we allowed to know who's on. mastering your album? Um, they don't even know yet. They're just oh, they don't get know. it I got in you. their little their little Dropbox. Yeah, so sick. Uh, and then, and we'll we'll find out how long. I know they're very busy, which probably gives you a good idea of who it is. So, I mean, I know who it is, and it's going to be good. Yeah, I think it. I think it's the right person to do it. I think Chris would co-sign so. as well. Oh, have I used them before? I don't know. I think you had Thanks. Alex master one of your albums. Alex. From who? Fiber. Didn't you have Fiber master one of your albums? Fiber remastered uh, both the notes. Remastered. Nice. I've had Fiber master things for me. I've had Angel master oh, yeah. things for me. And, if, had, and tomorrow... Um, Mac master things for me. Oh, hmm. sick. 
What's tomorrow? Lux is, Lux is right. Tomorrow, one of the tracks from the upcoming record uh, will appear in a form on her show. And there is my wife in the chat. That is Bunny Tron. Oh, thanks for the follow, Bunny Tron. My way more talented. Uh, Has she been better, listening better the whole time, or did she like literally Whoa. show up? How long have you been together with Bunny Tron? Um, we met backstage at the last of Montreal show I worked. Oh, she, wow. she was. Uh, oh shit! We like have no time. She was. She was in oh, uh, Nina and Arinda Fink's thing, Haruki Zombie, and oh, wow. um, and she was. She she just walked right up and introduced herself to me, and then we didn't see each other again until this rooftop show a few months later, and then. Uh, we ran into each other at South by and we got together and that was in 2012. Wow. So 10 years. Yeah. And we got married in 2019. Oh man. I was a huge wow. Azure Ray fan back what, in the day. What, I was like, track? why does that name sound so familiar? Oh yeah. Miranda. And what's the trick? Sick. What now? What's the trick? What trick? How do you keep it together? Oh, uh, we have separate lives. You know, uh, and I support her and she supports me. And like, she doesn't give two shits about like, I don't mean it like, like, not like she doesn't like it or she, she doesn't support me, but she's not like, she doesn't like, she doesn't live or die on what I do as luxury noise. Uh, but she knows it makes me happy and she supports me and she does like barbershop choir and she's a she's a badass uh, media journalist, and uh, and and she goes and she does her thing, and then we just hang out and we enjoy our lives together, and we love our pets, and we have common goals. You know, I don't know. It, Adorable. It, it just and we check in. It's not like we haven't had rocky times, but you you figure out. I don't know. You communicate honestly at the moment when you have to figure out if you want it, what you both want. And that way, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's hard. Uh, I think it's hard to like be open with another person. But once you start doing it, it gets really easy. And then after that, you just get to where you're more comfortable when they're around. Nice. And so that's what she is for me. Whatever. My lobster or something. I think people say. Good. Luxury noise, everybody. You heard it on hot <laughs> takes. Skelly, do you have anything new coming up? No. Yeah, July 28th is the next Eclipse Party. That is the Dark Synth Witch House Wave Funk Dance Party. That's going to be on the 28th in the 700 Club in Philadelphia. Uh, aside from that, Helios. When's that again? Guys, you Do we have a right? date on Helios? I don't think we do. Okay, well, I'm going to finish my stuff for that. That'll be coming up soon. And uh, I think I'm like pretty much done this Skeleton Lipstick album now. Uh, listen to it one more time and he sends it out finally. 7 3 right of it. Doesn't sound like anything else I've ever done. I don't trust you. I don't trust me either. That's true. But actually, this time <laughs> I do. This time I do. It's really good. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about it. It doesn't sound like anything else I've ever done. It's more. Yeah, that's good. Uh, probably, oh, that, that's probably not talks. Oh, I've been muted. Lovely. Um, <laughs> don't know how long I've been muted. Uh, 
The uh, 22nd and 23rd of July, I was definitely muted when that came up. That is when Helios is going to be. And I've got a set, too. It's a cloud wrap set. Uh, 20 minutes. No Bones, no Xavier Wolf, no Young Lean, no Blady. And I still managed to make it work. And it's not bad, if I do say so myself. Just sent off a set for uh, Digital Sex's upcoming live stream event. He hasn't announced when, but he's got a great lineup. And I did a 20-minute set of like deep house and down-tempo stuff. Managed to mix a Luzine track in with Ground is Lava and a uh, late arcane flip of a soft replica track, along with some like dream punk towards the end. And I made it work and I damn near tore my hair out. Shout out Lux for putting up with me doing like several takes and just wailing about how stressed I was. But it's good, it's a great set. Yeah, it opens with uh, Ground is Lava's song with baths. What's it called? Suicide Mission. Anyways, um, some great live events. Midwesthetic, Madison, Wisconsin, July 29th. I'll be opening for Luxury Elite, Fire Tools, Vape Error, Sound Market, and some other lovely people who for some reason I'm not remembering at the moment. But some great live shows coming up after that as well that have just not been announced yet and that I'm not at liberty to discuss yet. So great plans too, especially in that like Midwesty kind of area. Um, and with that being said, we're going to conclude tonight's episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in. <clears throat> we are going to run an ad for Neon Knights Friends and Family episode tomorrow night at um, 10 p.m. Eastern. I don't remember the exact YouTube URL because I have the memory of a goldfish. So if you want to link that up, Lux, we've got a, uh, an exclusive track by Luxury Noise. It tracks by lots of people in the chat. Definitely be there. You won't regret it. It'll be lots of fun. Um and uh join us in two weeks that's june 19th at uh, 9 p.m eastern for a very special episode with data girl thank you guys again and if you like hot takes consider following us on social media consider donating and definitely consider listening to the spotify playlists and jump in the discord server for everyone who joined tonight we love you and we love luxury noise more than everybody <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks, for Thanks so much for being here. Right. Good night. Good night.